Welcome to the Sports Grad Podcast, where we empower you with the answers to your burning questions to accelerate your career into the sports industry. We are your hosts, Melbourne-based sports administrators, Ruben Williams and Ryan Walker. Join us as we share unique and personal examples as well as relatable information and deliver them to you in bite-sized, fluff-free episodes. Want to swipe our signature framework to add awesome experience to your resume? Download our free ebook, Four Steps to Create Outstanding Work Experience in Sport, at sportsgrad.com.au. Now sit back, relax, enjoy the show, and don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of our latest episodes released every Tuesday and Thursday. Nathan, thanks for inviting me in today. Pleasure. We're here at Tennis Australia where you hold the enviable position of Event Operations Manager, which of course includes the Australian Open. Firstly, can you tell me a bit about what that role involves? Yeah, it's a very broad position um, and quite a large position. So my my title is um, Manager of Event Operations for Tennis Australia, um, which effectively means the Operations Manager for the Australian Open. So um, it is very broad. I guess the best way to describe it is um, we have Tennis Australia, which is the event. We've got Melbourne Park, who are the actual venue. Um, and then what we do, me and my team, is we, we're basically the glue between the event and the venue, bring it all together and put all the pieces of the puzzle together. So um, it ranges from security to traffic and transport, medical, um, emergency management, accreditation, player transport, just to name a few. So it's, it's very sort of broad on what we, are, what we actually do. So day to day, how does your role change during the weeks of the Australian Open versus the months leading up to it versus the middle of the off-season? Well, the first question you get asked by people outside of Tennis Australia is, well, what do you do for the other 50 weeks of the year? Um, it is very in-depth all year, very, um, I guess, intense. It's well effective we'll do. We'll spend probably a month or two straight after the Australian Open uh, reviewing, debrief, uh, and then we'll spend about a month after that doing the budget uh, for the next event. And then from there, we'll then start playing the next one and, and then it rolls into the, the next event. So even the 12 months isn't quite long enough for what we actually do need. You've been involved with the Australian Open for over eight years now. How have you seen the tournament evolve? Um, the event has evolved a lot, um, both the actual event itself, but also the venue here. Um, there's been a lot of redevelopment happening over the last few years. and That's going to continue for the next few years as well. Um, one of the great things about the Australian Open, which makes it so unique, is it's different every year. Um, so what we do one year, we, do, we change it again the next year. Um, so we have a big focus on entertainment, um, on kids and family. Um, so it's not just about tennis. So, um, so to answer your question, it evolves every year. And it's completely different, which I guess from our point of view, working on the event makes it great because every year is different and it's fresh not doing the same thing every year as well. What are some of the initiatives that Tennis Australia has come up with themselves in terms of fan experience? And what are some of the other ideas that you've seen at other Grand Slams and thought, yep, that's great, we should adopt that? We have a big focus here at Tennis Australia about innovation um, and to push boundaries and, and be leaders and, and be the first to do things. And, um, but not necessarily with the actual other Grand Slams in tennis, but also just events in general. We want to be leaders in that there. And... Um, so in terms of what we've done for, I guess, fan experience and that, um, we focus on people who aren't tennis fans. So as an example, two years ago, we um, introduced an NBL match during the midway through the um, Australian Open. Um, this year we had a fortnight gaming competition during the last week of the Australian Open. So just really trying to attract other, um, I guess, fans to our sport and to the event because it's not just about tennis, it's very broad and um, it's all about entertainment. 
Looking forward, what do you think the biggest changes to the event are going to be over the next five years? Well, I guess in the meantime, in terms of change, the next couple of years, there's going to be redevelopment. So the actual site itself is going to be a lot different. Um, so all the player spaces are going to be different. Um, we're going to have a couple of new courts, like a show court here on site. Um, so for the fan experience, it's going to be completely different every year for the next sort of couple of years. Um, but in terms of technology, we're going to keep pushing the boundary as much as we can. Um, more so operationally, like as behind the scenes, what we can do. Um, just sort of taking things to the next level. Um, but also with the event itself, I think probably our footprint's going to grow even further again. Every year we keep on sort of creeping, taking over a bit more of Melbourne. Um, so I can imagine next year, a couple of years, we'll just keep increasing the footprint in our entertainment offerings as well. The sports industry is always developing and changing. What is one thing you think students can do to stay up to date with those developments? Probably what I would suggest is, um, is networking and talking to people. Um, you can do as much reading as you like and you can get online and do as much research as you like, but I think you want to be talking to the actual people who are actually um, working in that space. Um, just get an understanding of where their sort of field is going, where their event's going or where their sport may be going. Um, you know, really sort of hear it from the horse's mouth, I guess. So um, what I've learned the most over the years is just by talking to people, sitting down over coffee, just talking shop, you know, what's happening in their field, what's happening with their event, uh, where they think it's going, um, because they really have the inside word and they've sort of got longer-term plans. So, um, yeah, my advice is just to talk to people as opposed to sort of obviously reading too much. I mean, obviously that does help, but I think, yeah, getting in front of people is the best thing they can do. I guess for some students, going out there and networking and putting yourself out there can be a bit daunting. Do you have an approach or any advice for those students who do feel less comfortable? I mean, it can be daunting, but also, on the other hand, to people in the industry, they like doing it. So when people reach out to, um, to somebody and want to know more about their experience or what they're actually doing, people are happy to share that. So my advice is, you know, with the people you know, just ask if they know people, um, if there's anyone they might be interested in sitting and having a coffee with, or use LinkedIn. LinkedIn's a great tool. Just you know, search for different organisations you may be interested in and then find the people based on the role that you may be interested in and just send a message. Uh, the worst they're going to say is, no, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not available. But a lot of time you'd be surprised that people actually, they're, they're willing to share, they want to share their journey and, and share what they're actually doing. They're quite proud of it. So, um, yes, it's daunting, but also, on the other hand, people actually are really willing to help out as well. Looking at your time as a student now, what did you study at university and what were some of the early experiences you had as a student? I studied sport and leisure management um, out at Bandura um, at La Trobe University and then I finished off in Carleton University over in Canada. Um, one of the best things I did was, was start to network when I was still at university, in particular my last year. Um, I volunteered at the Grand Prix um, during my last year, which is the best thing I ever did because up until then I actually hadn't done any other, um, I guess, volunteer work. I haven't really sort of been... Um, exposed to any other sort of sports organisations. So I volunteered at the Grand Prix, um, spent a couple of weeks there, which was fantastic, absolutely loved it. And from there I started to meet people. And then the next year, once I graduated, got invited back on a longer term contract. Um, and then so on for the next sort of two years, that sort of, that, that kept on happening. And then through the Grand Prix, I then um, was fortunate enough to meet the Tennis Australia guys, the, um, the operations team for the Australian Open. And just hit off really well and then a couple months later there was a job that came up here at Tennis Australia and because I'd had that interaction with those guys and I'd met them um, I sort of had that sort of upper hand on everyone else and 
went for the job and, and that was sort of it then. So it's all about knowing people and volunteering, getting out there, being exposed to um, whatever you can, as early as you can, because you just don't know what it's going to lead to. So after those initial four days at the Grand Prix, what do you think was the important link to then getting invited back to work at the Grand Prix the following year in a, in a broader sense? It was continuing a relationship. Um, once I finished the Grand Prix during my first stint, was then touching base with the managers for the months leading after that there, just staying in contact. Um, then as it sort of progressed closer to the next event, just inquiring if there's any opportunities. Um, and there was one that came up and because I just sort of kept on just in contact over the time, um, that led to the next opportunity. So, and that's all I can say is just keep in contact with people. You know, if it's every six months or what it may be, but just sort of keep that relationship sort of rolling on because you don't know what it's going to lead to uh, down the track. And how are you able to draw on your experience at the Grand Prix to then land the job at Tennis Australia? Um, one thing I was always told is any experience is good experience. Um, it doesn't need to be relative to that particular event or that particular sport. Um, in particular, major events, it's the same principle. So whether you're working on a Grand Prix event, a tennis event, or a community fair, it's still the same principle. You've got your product, you've got your entertainment, you've got people coming, they've got a need to arrive, you look after them, they need to depart. It's the same across every other event. So, um, yeah, the, the skills I learned and the experience I got from the Grand Prix was certainly transferable um, to the Australian Open. And, and even more broader to that, um, it's all business as well. So it doesn't need to be event experience. It doesn't need to be sport experience. Any experience doing business, project management, um, dealing with people, relationships, dealing with finances, it's all the same. It's all transferable across to whatever you're doing. So um, you, know, you don't need to think, okay, just because you're in sport or just because you're in a particular type of sport doesn't mean you can't move across or um, move to a different actual industry. During your time, have you ever had to make any big or small difficult career decisions? Absolutely. So um, not long after I got offered the job here at Tennis Australia, um, I got offered a, a really good role to go back to the Grand Prix in a different field, um, which I was really interested in. Um, and yeah, I, I, I certainly toyed it for a long, long time and spoke to a lot of people and wasn't too sure what to do. And in the end, I decided to stay um, at Tennis Australia this was only probably a month or two after I had accepted the role. Um, it was a really good role in, in the commercial team at the Grand Prix, which is what I, a space I want to get into. Um, but thankfully I did just stick it out with the Australian Open because it certainly has um, led to a lot of opportunity here. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the SportsGrad podcast. If you need help with your sports career, head to sportsgrad.com.au and download our free ebook today. And if you've enjoyed the episode, please give us a tag on socials at SportsGrad. 